It's the intellectuals game. I've often said this. Yeah. 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 Good to spend some time around some college baseball players. You'll yeah, it's definitely yeah. an actual game. Just packing hammers and doing a lot of uh trumpet twists <laughs> with the uh, PVC pipe and a lot of bands. A lot of the band thing to do the band. A lot of bands. It's a band. Yeah. A good a good couple rounds of fungo golf every single yeah. game. It's great. Like one set of Smith Machine back squad with some twenty fives on there. Just <laughs> just 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 get it loose, get it moving. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast, everyone. This is my legitimate conversation amongst friends. We talk about college football. We talk about lifestyle. You can find us on the internet at www.thewheelroute.com. We are at the Wheel Route on Twitter. Wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com is the email address. And you can get the show Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Play thing, uh, stri- uh, and Stitcher, not Stitcher. Um, although maybe that's an app that we could get going, guys. Stitcher. Just a little little podcatcher. Sure. Put, a, a, whole, put a pin a in the market. Why don't you go ahead and bleep that out, Jordan? Um, Send it to my our, name. Uh, our legal counsel, please. <laughs> okay. That's right, Colton. Uh, if you could just go ahead and put a pin in that. Get going on that. Vis a vis. My name's Logan Whitehouse. I'm on Twitter at LogonTheDon occasionally. And I am coming to you guys live in HD. Hopefully, this is nice. I got a new little new uh, widescreen going here on my on my end from Stewart, Florida, where fall has maybe fallen. Who knows? Uh, we have had a nice little run of breezy days in like the you know low 80s, and man, man, we're really really hitting our stride. Who else is here? My name is Jordan Shank. I am on Twitter.com at ShankJordan. I am still in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where the weather is still very pleasant, autumn trending. Uh, Yeah, happy to be here for another week in which we are all very prepared about every single topic we're about to cover. So look out, boys and girls. Can't wait till it's just... We have a brand to maintain, and that brand is uh, studiousness, yes. and, and that's what we're here for. Yeah. Yep. Stu- stu- studiosity. Studious. Studiatrocious. Um, hey, uh, my name is Jason Kreck. I am also in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Um, yeah, I think I, the weather is essentially perfect for like early fall. It's <laughs> God, it's not quite it's not quite light jacket season, but it's like it's like long sleeve shirt. It's great. It's today. Yeah. Today was. Bluebird tremendous, uh, like seventy six, low yep. humidity, wonderful, nice, a cool breeze. Oh, wow! You guys are out here living. I love, I love to hear it. I, yeah. I will take any uplifting aspect of my day yeah. today that I can get. Yeah. This, this this week has been as such that we are going to treasure seventy six and beautiful. Yes, fair enough. All right. Uh, so Jordan. Any news and notes? Catch up, catch up on uh, in your life. Any any car details? It's been a week. Uh, a lot let's of see. Automobile wise, I did finish the headlight restoration oh, job. Very okay. pleased with the way things turned out. Those bad Excellent. boys are looking fine. Um, 
Gonna what do, do you little... what do you charge to to come by and knock the exterior out? Seventy five an hour plus materials. So every that's... every portion of an hour counts as a full hour right. too. Sure. Col- Colton taught no me that. Yeah. How many hour, How many hours is this job? It's like it's oh, it's a one point oh one. It's a one point oh one hour job. <laughs> one hour and forty two seconds. Yeah, I, I can send you some YouTube videos and get right. get you into the game. I appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, I think this weekend gonna uh, do a little tune up work on my dad's outback. His his twenty year old car. He just kind of on a whim put a new catalytic converter on it and uh wow now is kind of on a quest to get get the power back as he says he says it's not not driving with a lot of oomph it's Um, not a zesty so so did some talking with him found out it's been about 120 140,000 miles since he did his spark plugs uh so (laughs) So we, you know, got some parts <laughs> coming. Gonna gonna do some work on that. Um, got to well, play that's golf. A wholesome, that's a wholesome Saturday. Yeah, gonna be a wholesome weekend. Got to play golf with friend friend of the program Connor Whitehouse. Oh, that's right. That's right. Weekend. Oh man. Uh, he was in town visiting Taylor's family. So I guess Taylor's two brothers, Connor and I, we. Uh, oh, the whole gang. We took on Heritage Oaks from the Black Tees. Uh, which is which is an animal. I mean, it it can really <laughs> get you. Long. Yeah. <laughs> those are those are, the, those are the second. They're not the tips, right? Yeah, the tips it's are gold. One up from the tips. Yeah. 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 Connor purports to have played terribly and was uh, and was hoping that we would go easy on him on the podcast. We being Jordan would go easy on him on the podcast. But <laughs> let, let's break down a little bit of the yeah. uh, the Connor Whitehouse golf experience. We've both been there so far mm-hmm. this summer, witnessed it up close and personal. I think he's got some room for improvement. Yeah, his as, uh, as his, we all do. His swag, his swag is there. He's he's ready to go <laughs> when it comes to dressing for the links, um, and uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I I think we we can all we can all get better. We we all got some things to improve on here. Yeah, I I mean, just want to lead this off by saying, Connor, I love you, buddy. This is all is <laughs> good fun. We we're not we're not here to shame or put anybody down. I certainly right. don't feel like I played super well either. Um, but yeah, I think like you said, Logan, Connor Connor's got the the swag, the attitude is is mostly correct for the for the duration of the round. Um, <laughs> but I think like I got a text from him <laughs> but <laughs> I got a text from him saying something about uh, this was before we got to the course. He had underestimated the weather situation. So he was borrowing a pullover from somebody. Um, oh, we've all uh, been there. And so I, I said, well, yeah, that's you know convenient way to to get ahead of your your off the tee game not being great. And he said, well, actually, I I do have a bad shoulder, so I'm not going to be not going to be really. Wow. Um, oh, lots of prayers to to Connor's shoulder. He he didn't bomb it. Uh, <laughs> so he was right about that he was right about that part um uh yeah there there's some quirks in the swing and again like i i've got quirks and and unique things oh, about listen, my swing yeah. i'm sure that people get good enjoyment out of um but i think the two the two things i enjoyed about connor's swings the most were off the tee he's got kind of like a little he rises up there in the middle yeah. and like 
kind of tries to turn turn the ball over and so it's almost like a tennis forehand it's a little yeah okay well former varsity <laughs> tennis player for the yeah Blue so yeah know. again makes sense it's hard to undo all that muscle memory um he topped a lot of balls off the tee tends uh, to be a little flappy with the uh, with the big sticks yeah a little slappy disco sticks. stick was a little unpredictable uh <laughs> Made made some marks in some tee boxes, one up and two up on some tee shots. But we've all been there. Um, yep. And then his, his boy, putting, have we? Yeah, <laughs> oh boy, have we? Myself especially. And uh, his putting game is also interesting because I feel like he takes a really big backswing, no matter how long the distance of the yes. putt is. <laughs> and and some of them, like again, I'm in the same boat. I will leave, and Jason can attest to this. I will leave putts woefully short, and I will <laughs> blow putts by the hole that I've no business blowing by. Um, yeah, and the, the oomph is always the last thing we get dialed in. Right, and and Connor, like he was consistent about this, but the the head of the putter always came like up above his ankle on the backswing, <laughs> and then Jeez. he would just like throttle it back moving forward huh. which i'm i'm not a pga professional but i don't know that's right. maybe the ideal way so connor <laughs> again thank you for the invitation i had a blast sharing a cart and 18 holes with you hope to do it again sometime perfect yeah like to see it my my dad my dad's criticism would be that connor i think in general suffers a little bit of deceleration in his uh in his downswing in all aspects. Sounds like he does that on the greens too, which is curious. That's like, when I know the, the, yeah. the antsiness of making contact is always the yeah. thing to blow by. Yeah. So anyhow, we're, we're all getting there, but yep. Shout out Connor. Mm-hmm. It's a good sport. Uh, you know, giving us some, some content. Yeah. Lovely give, picture. Of given guys, that though. this Lovely is the picture. only college football slash bachelor slash golf podcast in yeah. the iTunes universe, we, Low, we right. have a duty Low. to the people to give, give <laughs> contact. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Uh, Jason, what are we up to? I saw a lot of, a lot of, uh, Traeger content, or I shouldn't say Traeger cheese, pellet smoker, camp chef content. Camp chef, today. Yeah. Uh, how are things? How's the belly? Yeah. How's the pork is, belly? Uh, is, I got my big smoke boy day on today. Um, did, uh, my, my belly is, is a bit, a bit swollen, but the pork belly was fantastic. Okay. Um, yeah, it was good. I got a uh, got a ten pound pork belly from Costco. This was a couple months ago, and thawed it out this week, and um, cut it in half. Did one just as pork belly, and cubed up the other one, and made some burnt ends with this uh, honey barbecue butter concoction. It was delightful. Did um, it get yeah? Crusty? It was really good. Did it get crusty enough? Which the burnt ends? Well. All right, here's my 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 shrouded not shrouded. My my take on pork belly is that it is overrated in general and that I rarely have it and enjoy eating it for what I think it should be. Like I've had really really good pork belly, but I tell you the pork belly I had that was really good was almost cut in like pancetta size cubes. And like that maximizes the surface area and in my mind gives you the most crunch. I think you have to have crunch with pork belly otherwise it is a it's a in my mind a poor texture in your mouth just because it's so much fat have you ever done that's, no that's fair. The, the answer is the answer is probably no i've never done i'm just curious how you did it because i i feel like you get a big slab of pork belly like on top of a ramen or in something or like a sandwich and sometimes it's just like oof this is this needs to be crunchier on the it's almost outside. bristly 
Yes. That's fair. I, I think um, I think it's really easy if you basically if you dry pork belly out. Yeah. And and don't go the full the full distance and turn it into bacon. I think it's really easy to make it bad. Um. Okay. Like I think be, because it's so heavy, so much fat. I mean, it's it's pork belly is bacon. Right. It's, it's so much fat. It's the ha- half of the cut is fat probably. Um. So I, I think, yeah, that texture, if you don't get it really moist and good, is is a mess. Um, right. And goes sideways in a hurry. What did you um, – did you serve it as a main meat or was it just like a, a accoutrement? Uh, I, did, I did main meat. We had pieces of bread, so a couple of people made sandwiches. Um, mm. But it was, it was the main course with a – because it wasn't – yeah, it wasn't all burnt ends. Like I did, I cooked yeah. the the pork belly itself and and made strips that was. I mean, it was basically like you'd cook any other thick. Piece. It was basically like you cook brisket, like just as a yeah. slab. Um, okay. And that was the main <clears throat> part. And then uh, the burnt ends, cube those up. Had way too many because um, five pounds <laughs> of burnt ends is a lot. Oh, of burnt ends. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, and then you. You cook those, and they obviously get to 160 way faster because it's much smaller pieces. And then you uh, toss them in a pan with the sauce and put that in the smoker under oil. It cooks up the rest of the way to about 200. Um, and then it's it, – it's. I, I think I, I might have overcooked mine a little bit because mine got a little tough and weren't quite as good. Um, okay. But I think if I – I think next time I'll probably – uh, monitor the temperature a little bit closer. It's tough to monitor temperature in burnt ends because they're so small. You can drive a you can drive a probe into a pork belly or pulled pork. Or, I mean, a pork shoulder or anything because there's six inches of meat. But um, it's, it's it's true. Yeah, people are people are saying that. Um, but with burnt with burnt ends, it's, it's a little tougher because it's just a one inch cut of meat. And so gotcha. I think I overdid them a little, little bit, but they were still the sauce was delicious. Um, but it did got a little tough. But the the pork belly itself, I kept super moist uh, and was fantastic. Melted in your Excellent. mouth. All right. Well, shout out. Had, had a good rub on the outside. It was good. Glad to see you back in the game. Um, I forgot to ask what you boys are drinking tonight. Oh. Well, yeah, while we're on the food kick, uh, I've got a Sweetwater Mango Kush Wheat Ale oh. in a bottle. Very nice. I like that. Yeah. I am drinking my final longboard island lager from Kona as I am okay. headed to the lake tomorrow and didn't buy any groceries. Excellent. Um, I have – this is a gift from front of the podcast, Sean LaSalle. This is the Folklore Juicy, in, Juicy India Pale Ale from Tantrum Brewing Company in uh, – officially it looks like Cleveland, Georgia. Hmm. Yeah, Cleveland, Georgia. In the Georgia, in in like the Blue Ridge Mountains area of Georgia. Cleveland so. in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Yep. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> just That's, just as everybody knows. Love to hear you know. that. The, that oh, the... here's – well, yeah, sorry, Jordan. A lot of people down here in this particular spot where I live, Stewart, Florida, the Treasure Coast, they, they're like uh, northern getaway is Georgia. Um, there's a lot of people that have like cabins in the mountains in Georgia and they'll go there and, you know, that amounts to being like probably very similar to where, you know, Harrisonburg or, 
any of the North Carolina mountains, you know, it's all the same mountains. So, um, but it's just interesting. Like uh, I've never really heard of Blue Ridge, Georgia before. And I know like several people that have cabins or friends and family that they go to Blue Ridge, Georgia in that area. And uh, um, <laughs> I mean, our friend Sean and Stephanie got married there. So huh. anyhow, I hear it's beautiful. Haven't been lakes, you know, kind of Smith Mountain Lake vibe. I'm Pontoon sure. Boat. I'm sure it provides that like just really sharp contrast and that's why it like landscape wise and that's why it's so appealing yes. right yeah and it's like not a it's not a ridiculous commitment to drive i mean it's whatever mm -hmm. nine hours or something like that so it's you can do it but um anyhow south florida like i said clicking in nice weather these days got some kayaking in this weekend haven't done that in a little while so that was nice um did erect the new beach shade must, must say a, a mm -hmm. raving success after some uh, early, I thought it was going to be too windy. I was gonna, I was gonna be pretty disappointed, but um, it was breezy here all weekend, and uh, we got it set up. But uh, the nature of the little sandbags in the corner are that, like, are is such that you can put like way more sand in them than you think you need. And I think <laughs> that's, I think that's the key. It's like you just have to like fill them up and then put another ten handfuls of sand in there. Um, but we got it all kind of settled in and. Dang, I mean, we stayed at the beach till like almost seven o'clock at night. It was a great day, great Saturday. Love to be out, just taking on the day at the beach. So, <laughs> gotta win the day at the beach. All right, let's get to some sports stuff here. Uh, our sweet boy Bryson, he did it. The big golfer, the large we golfer. Are all, we are all the Shambros now. Um, so, shout out to. Right. Yeah, no, the large, the large dumpy golfer boy uh, did it. He hit what as many fairways as I I normally hit in a normal round, like yeah. you know seven or something total. Uh, anyhow, I mean, any any thoughts on Bryce? We don't need to get too deep into it. I just he's he's been like a hot topic of conversation recently, just because of his antics and the kind of the way he's covered. Not necessarily because of how good he is. He's seriously, I, you know, he's evidently he's pretty good, but. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't think the golf world really knows what to do with him. Um, yeah, I have. A I, I read a really good article. Like, I mean, you you can basically. I did. I think uh, I was. I was shamed for resharing this article by uh, certain unnamed members of the podcast. Um, <laughs> but it was a very good article, and yeah, uh, basically said that um, you know you. All the like the criticism is fair. Like, like nobody knows how to handle him. He says ridiculous things. Yes, and you're never sure if he's serious when he says these ridiculous things. Like, right. he plays up the like you. You wouldn't understand. It's I'm, I'm just beyond what your level of thinking is, and that is uh, grating to say the least. Um, yeah. yeah, but what's funny about but, that is it's like it's giving golf as as a sector as an industry a dose of their own elitism medicine yeah. and that's yeah, why they're so uncomfortable with it he's holding a mirror up to society man <laughs> and uh but but at the same time like this dude was you know a top 15 player in the world for a few years and then right. at beth page back black last year was super frustrated that uh i just completely brooks kepka just obliterated the course and took everything out of play and basically said like oh, top 15 is not good enough i'm going to redo my entire game and way of thinking and turn my like take every fairway bunker out of play and 
put myself close enough that even when I'm in the rough, I'm hitting 56 degree wedges in and 60 degree wedges in, and I don't have to rip a five iron out of the rough anymore. And so one thing you can't take away from him, like that, that takes busting your to change your entire game like that. And he put the work in. So I, I don't think I, I, it's, it's, He's he's an off-putting personality to me. He's also yeah. like I'm always gonna watch Bryson play golf because it's just insane to watch. So like, I, I I join the golf world and not really knowing exactly what to do with him. Certainly, I think yeah, I, I think it's one of those things where the stuff he says gives maybe like a little bit more weight to uh, his or aura or whatever than it actually is worth. Like I mean, at the end of the day, like he's a golfer and he's a good golfer. And, yeah. you know, but it's just like they the, they talk about him as if he as if he thinks he has unlocked some sort of secret. And I don't know that he necessarily even thinks he's unlocked some sort of secret. I just think he doesn't know how to, like, talk well and not sound like a dude, like a like like a bit of a loon. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think he's just uh, I think he's a I, I, and I, we might have talked about that, but he's just a dude. Like he, yeah. he he's not like, like Tiger and Justin Thomas and Rory and all these guys like. And people forget, like, Rory was a little bit like this when he was young because he was, like, 23 years old. But, like, they know how to, like, talk and seem normal. And that's right. that's a skill. And Bryson never acquired that. And that's fine because he still yes. hits so, the ball 380 yards. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to regret this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Great start. Keep going. I, I don't mean to be mean-spirited when I say this, but Bryson kind of strikes me as, like, a homeschool kid in terms of social skills and just, like oh, – yeah the way he communicates with others. Um, and that, that's not to say like, Oh, he sucks at it or anything. It's just like, he's he's just not, he's not on the level as everyone else kind of in the game in terms of dealing with the media and dealing with the, his peers, maybe in the way he'd like to. Um, but I think like he, he's an interesting case because he's always been good. Like he won, An NCAA, I mean, his win this weekend, he joined Jack and Tiger as the only golfers to win an NCAA solo tournament, uh, U.S. Amateur, and now the U.S. Open. So it's not like he was some middle-of-the-road golfer before he found energy drinks and protein shakes. Like, he's been really good. Um, Yeah. I think I think he's just a little too forthcoming with maybe some of his methodology, and I think that that gets like spun into this uh, mythology surrounding him that isn't necessarily that dramatically different from what other people are doing. But like because yeah. he's maybe more forthcoming about it, and that gets back to what you're saying, Jordan. He just maybe talks about it weirdly or something like. Then he that, hams it up a lot. It, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I do. I do think a lot of it is like I'm. I'm almost never. I blame the media person, but some of it is like. I don't like, you know, I, I grew up loving baseball. The baseball media was not ready for sabermetrics and statistics and numbers. And I think to a certain extent, the golf media where it is right now is not, was not ready for everything. Like Bryson was just this loony guy with all his irons and wedges the same distance. And he like tried 17 different putter grips and that sort of thing. And so he became a, he became a joke before people realized he was good. And then he's still kind of wonky and now he's, really really good one of the probably four or five best players alive right now and they still don't know what to do like you can hear it like i mean you know there's plenty of complaints you can have about nick faldo on a broadcast but like 
every time Bryson's on the screen, Faldo makes a crack about like, oh, we'll see what he says about the angle, or we'll see what is you know. Oh yeah, we'll see no, what he's saying about the air pressure. Add and, to, to it, and in an unnecessary way that right. like makes it un- a little bit unfair to the exactly. guy. Yeah, who has probably yeah. done hundred percent not fair to the guy. So yeah, and I, I, I think it's a yeah. I completely respect the hell out of him for doing what he's doing and yeah. like attacking it with as much gusto as he is. Um, and I think it's really cool that it paid off for him, but secretly, not so secretly, selfishly, I really want to see it spiral out of control. Like <laughs> he seems to be riding a real fine edge. And yeah. if he just like hits a pebble He's he's like on on the crotch rocket doing two ten, and all it all it takes is like one one, one of the wiggles, catch, and... yeah, one little wiggle, and I think right. that would be really fun to watch too. Selfishly, I would agree. Is yeah. uh is is Kepka hurt? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm curious. Uh, okay, cool. Well, good. Yeah, so he won the U.S. Open. Shout out. Uh, let's move along to college football. I guess we got some NBA going on right now. Heat and Celtics game four. Are the Heat up? <sighs> they are up two one in the series. Oh, I was referencing I the game four. I don't have. Currently, the score I, is eighteen to eighteen in the first quarter. Okay. Oh, no one's up. Um, let's get to Jordan before we get to news and stuff. Let's. How did we do last week picking games? I have a sinking suspicion that I picked up where I left off, <laughs> um, and. How, uh, yeah, let's, uh, yeah, let's not just, a great week for the it. boys. Um, a weird week, only one like actually worth game worth talking about, really, in my mind. But yeah, so uh, we we got early news maybe like Thursday or Friday, uh, that we got our first push of the year out of the way because Houston Baylor got postponed. Um, right. so that's a push. Uh, Jason went two, two, and one to lead the pack and Logan, you and I both went one, three and one. Um, so we're calling that a push. We're not calling that just a postponed game. Yeah. I think we'll call it a push for now. Cause who okay. knows if they actually like do schedule and play it. If, if we oh, were in Vegas so. last week, we would have got our money back. So that's how I'm counting it. Okay. Fair. <laughs> so does it come off if they play the game? Uh, I I I wouldn't matter, say but... so unless we pick it again. We can take the push off and uh, okay. But these these back. are all housekeeping yeah. items we can discuss at the corporate <laughs> retreat. Yeah. So, uh, what were the games we picked? Real quick, can you run them down? Uh, so we had Syracuse Pitt. Uh, Ugh. Houston Baylor was the push. Navy Tulane. That one hurt. Uh, that one hurt bad. UCF, Georgia Tech, and Miami Louisville. Yeah, man. Uh, maybe, maybe we were a little. Well, I personally was a little high on Georgia Tech after maybe putting putting together a good performance against an awful Florida State team. Um, yeah. Hold on, man, I want to go back to Tulane Navy. Well, yeah. What was that like a twenty eight point comeback or something crazy like that? I think Tulane was up twenty four to nothing, and well. and just pooped it away. Atlanta, it's a real Atlanta Falcons vibe. It was a, it, it was a substantial score to zero. Yeah, it was it was twenty four to nothing at halftime. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I at that point I was looking at it like, hooray, one of the consensus <laughs> picks hits, 
you know, I'm just over here cool and watching the US Open. This this Saturday is going grand. And right. <laughs> then of course, you know, the timeline starts talking about the troops and I got nervous and uh turns out sure. that the troops did did the impossible. They they saved America from the big green yeah, wave. Most of, yeah, most of the time um the troops aren't really made to come from behind too. So they they really got it together. I've often got it also yes. <laughs> Tulane was uh, about to be up 31 nothing at half, and Navy picked off a pass right before, like a minute before oh, halftime. Interesting. Like in the yeah. end zone or close to it. So when Navy turned the tide, brother. Nice. <laughs> uh, and then the other game we're talking about was the the game day game, Miami at Louisville. Um, Miami looked uh, looked like far and away the better team. Yeah. More physical I, on deep. On defense and uh actually i was impressed with their offense i was cautiously guarding against their offense maybe being sneaky bad uh but they they were balanced and did a lot of good things louisville's defense looked absolutely terrible yeah like, very, very very disorganized I, uh, like I, mean, I think who was it was it richard johnson on twitter was just like cackling halfway through the game because he was just like Hey, you're not going to believe this, but another Miami receiver or running back leaked out of the backfield and had nobody outside the hashes. Louisville's like, defense bad. is still bad. I think yeah. uh, I think it was Chris B. Brown who pointed out that this okay. is like a multi-year issue, and it has spanned yeah. several coordinators. Like this is this is still kind of got the stink of BVG on it, but he's yeah he's been gone for. <laughs> for multiple <laughs> seasons now so yeah oof yeah they just i mean like just alignment issues losing a running back like on just a little not even wheel just like a little flare out into the into the side of the field for a 75 yard touchdown i mean i think miami had multiple 75 yard one play 75 yard touchdown drives so yeah. uh, some of those you know, plays louisville's defense were like you'd expect that from a team in their maybe first game in yeah. COVID twenty twenty season, just given right. how how unpredictable a team can be coming out of weird practice environments and stuff. But Louisville had a game the week before, so it's not like they weren't accustomed to playing right. in a weird stadium environment or with that roster. It's just bad execution. Sure. Yep. So, all right. So Miami, maybe, uh, maybe on the climb here a little bit though. I think, I mean, I'm interested just to see what, if Miami's good this year, they have a kicker for the first time in forever. That's good. Um, they have a quarterback for the first time in what seems like a while that they can rely on. But I mean, I'm pretty sure Derek King is a one year deal unless, unless he's like, just loves college football so much. He wants to come back and play. Cause I think officially these years might not count against your eligibility. Is that correct? True? Yep. Um, so, you know, maybe he plays a game, but like, I, I'm, I'm interested to see like what this does for Miami's program moving forward. Are they going to just, are they seriously going to send old, what's his name? Uh, what's his name out there? <laughs> like uh, the same guy that started some games last year. I forget. I, God, I forget and Kosey Perry. Kosey Perry. Yes. Thank you. I mean, he's the backup quarterback. Is he going to, are they going to like try to sell us on him starting next year? I'm, I'm just curious. I'm curious what, a good season for Miami means for them going forward. Cause I think they're, I don't know that they're fixing necessarily any of their systemic problems by 
just having like a lightning bolt guy. But it's gonna be a fun year. I mean, you you enjoy it. There's no reason not to make. Like, it I I still am kind of cautious on saying that they're gonna have a really strong year. I mean, well, what's really strong? Like, I mean, Clemson is the only team worth talking about in that whole conference, in my mind. And Notre Dame. Don't forget the cops. I'm not really too worried about them. I, I saw them struggle to put away Duke. Uh, I, like, I think Notre Dame should beat Miami. I don't know if they play or not, but... That would be an interesting game. Yeah, they, they probably should. You're right. But, I mean, Miami being the third best team in the ACC is better than it has been for them the past few years. True. But they're good. They're also good for a, a slip on a banana peel game or two. Oh yeah, yeah. So, or they'll. I mean, they're. Do they have a buy? Are there buys this season? Because they're awful coming off a buy too. That was their thing <laughs> last year. Come off a buy and just get just just stomped. Dumb like Trump. Tech. But uh, anyhow, all right. We will move on to some news. I heard that the MAC, the Mountain West, and the Pac-12 are having some meetings to decide if they want to play football this fall. Uh, I guess. They have new information or, or or something. One of the plans bandied about I saw was like a six or seven game schedule, like running through November and December. And then similar, like, you know, 1v1, 2v2 kind of uh, post, not postseason, but championship weekend kind of thing. Um, I don't know. We'll see if it happens. I, I just wanted to mention it because it sounds like uh, everybody is now all of a sudden feeling emboldened to have football, even though we're certain we're like every week we have like a handful of games canceled for COVID concerns. So it's um, true. It's not like it's really getting better. Maybe we're just getting better at ignoring not it. Fre- at not freaking out when we see that like an entire game gets canceled for. Uh, uh, I think Houston, I mean, Houston just lost its fourth straight opener. Yeah, Houston's not scheduled to open now Things- until October. Ninth or tenth? Wow, man, Houston, AAC juggernauts. Yeah, that sucks. I mean, I, I don't know what to say, but Dana's uh, gonna get plenty uh, of time in the deer stand, though. So I don't know. It that is he's just too upset about it. Yeah, it's just weird though to see. Um, yeah, it's just weird to see like a game postponed and be like, ah, yep, game's postponed because of it's just kind of what's airborne, gonna happen because of airborne virus sweeping yeah. across the land. But, uh, all right. I don't know if there's any other news and notes. You guys got anything? Uh, oh, I saw uh, JMU, their their level of the industry. Did they approve kind of a, a reduced or a condensed playoff for spring football? Is that true, Jason? Uh, yeah, basically the – yeah, the FCS playoffs got cleared to be in the spring. Um, it'll be down to 16 instead of 24. Okay. Um, and so they're, well, they're going to so, play in the spring season. Yeah. Yeah. The, the season and the playoffs will be in the spring. So does that um, take buys out of it or are teams? Yeah, I think basically everybody has like, I don't remember all the details that were public. There were buys built into the okay. schedule. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so there's that, that side thing is good. Um, we don't know what it'll mean for next fall. We don't know yeah, what advantages that'll give. And I mean, yeah, it's, it's all a mess and yep. But it's your mess. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Let's go with that. All right. Uh, good energy, Jason. Appreciate you. Let's move into 
ACC preview before we talk about this week of coming games. This week, guys, it is going to feel a little bit more normal. I, I hate using that word because it's a silly word to use these days, but it is going to feel a little bit more normal. You have SEC more games. Familiar. Yes, more familiar. You'll have a, a more robust and full slate of games across the land. We will talk about, and we will pick, of course, the five worst possible ones to pick. Um, and we will also, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. But uh, let's talk the ACC real quick, since I'm sure we don't have a ton to say. Gave it away a little bit, but the ACC is going. All ACC games at one out-of-conference game this year. Notre Dame, as we mentioned, is in the conference for 2020 only. It's a little odd to see the ACC patch on their jerseys. And they, they had a game this week postponed. They did, yes. They played Syracuse. No, what? They played, they played uh, Duke uh, two weeks ago, and then they played again last week, and now this week's game is postponed? Correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, who are they supposed to play this week? Uh, USF? No. I think they I just played F- USF. Yeah, I think USF's game versus FAU got postponed this week, though. So I think USF's also postponed. You're right. Turns out Um, Notre Dame is where all the COVID comes from. They were supposed to be at Wake Forest this Saturday. Ah, the Deeks. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Um, Anyhow, so that got postponed. But, uh, yeah, I I think we just just talked about it a little bit, but I think the main storyline going into ACC football 2020, whatever uh, zombie version of it we have, is sort of, I mean, how much better is Clemson going to be than the rest? And is there going to be any worthy challenger to Clemson? This has been more or less the theme the past handful of years in the ACC, but uh, this year, for whatever reason, it feels especially pronounced, I think, just given Clemson's uh, certainties at a lot of key positions and the fact that they're basically just rolling the balls back out with the same team that uh, almost won a national championship last year. So, um does, I mean, does Jordan, you mentioned it, but does Notre Dame being in the conference change the outlook for Clemson at all for you? Uh, I think it does a little bit just because the ACC is also this year doing away with Coastal and Atlantic divisions. So they're just going to take, <clears throat> excuse me, the top two teams for the conference title game. Um, okay. So there's there's kind of more of a mystery element to the full campaign for Clemson in my mind. Anyhow, like you're not just going to get to win the Atlantic and play whatever team comes hobbling out of the coastal in Charlotte. You could potentially have like a real barn burner on your hands for the conference championship game. And that could make things spicy. Um, but I guess my question is, is Clemson versus anyone in this conference like an actual barn burner game? I've, I think Notre Dame could certainly hang, hang with Clemson if okay. if they play their cards right. They have the talent yeah. to do it. And I think there are a handful of teams that could scheme their way into – like UNC came within uh, a, a hop, skip, and a leap of beating Clemson last year. Um, that's true. So you like Clemson has shown you can scheme your way into giving yourself a chance in the fourth quarter with them, even if you lack the talent. Um, but that's true by and large. Yeah. I think Clemson should comfortably be the, the one seed coming out. 
Yeah, which is an interesting way to talk about Clemson. I mean, not too long ago, Clemsoning was a thing. Right now, it's it's. Oh, uh, it's still there. The, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it, I don't know if it is. I think it's just maybe it's like the maybe cicadas I'm... now. It's like the cicadas. It, it'll just go dormant <laughs> for a while and then it'll come back. Well, yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those things that whenever it happens, you could just claim it, even though it's not really a thing. And there's probably a good argument that Are it you never telling really me wasn't. you're giving up on this? Wow. On Clemsoning? Yeah. I never thought I'd see the day. Oh, I mean, I'm giving up on Clemsoning as in, in the in that classic sense of of what it was, where it was like noon and Clemson was playing Wake Forest and they just like randomly lost. But that those Clemson teams were good in that they were more talented than Wake Forest, but they were never like number one pick in the draft at quarterback, number seven pick in the draft running back. You know, all those sure. teams. Like you know, you have to go back to like pre Charlie Whitehurst to get to like the real, the real puro Clemsoning teams, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I guess anyhow. I'm just coming at it from an angle of like when they lose one of these games that they shouldn't, I am absolutely going to hashtag Clemsoning my Twitter account into <laughs> getting well, blocked. That, that's fine because it's, <laughs> it is, it is fun. Listen, uh, no one likes to see Clemson take a fat L more than your boy. But uh, I just think that, like, if Clemson loses the game now, everyone's going to be like, oh, they Clemson did. It's like, man, that's unfortunate that they have that stigma because they really haven't. Clemsoning hasn't been a thing in forever. So as soon as they lose the game, we're just going to be snapped right back to it. But, hey, it's funny. So, you know, give me the jokes. I'm here for the jokes. Exactly. Jason, any, any thoughts on Clemson? Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat in terms of, I think Notre Dame's the only team that can – Go toe to toe with them for any sort of game, but um, I think if North Carolina brings up a good point, if North Carolina plays their yeah. best game and scores a million points, it could be fun. I just right. don't know that they, they shouldn't win. I think you have to. I think you have to make. If you let Clemson play its game, it's you can't hang with them. If if North Carolina can draw them into a shootout or Miami can make things get weird, then then it's a different discussion. Yeah. But but by and large, it's. I think you. I mean, we'll spoil this, I guess, for later, but it's tough to pick its Clemson by the title. Right. Yeah, I, I, it's tough to find a loss on their schedule. So, Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk. I, I split this up into maybe teams on the rise and teams on the fall for the ACC oh. 2020. Maybe we could talk about why my lists are bad, why they're not bad. Um, but – uh, number one team on the rise, and this is also fueled by lots of media sunshine pumping, is UNC, I think. Um, how we feel about UNC? I mean, I think they definitely have – I'm doing a, a quick – I would say they probably have the second-best quarterback in the ACC, unless you really think Derek King is is the second-best. But he, he seems a bit, little bit more of a novelty. Strong, but okay. <laughs> it's fine. No, I think how I think I think how's easily the second most proven quarterback in the ACC. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I agree. I I think so, USC is, is getting kind of like the the Fuego recruiting over boosting in terms of this year's roster. Like they they showed they, it's kind of the perfect storm of they showed some good things last year. They've been recruiting really well, and so now we just ride all this energy into talking ourselves into they're going to be a really good team this year. I still think they're like a year or two away from being as good as people think they are this year, if that makes sense. I think that's well said. But I I would 
think that they are your most notable team that's probably on the way up that could be in the conversation to, in a couple of years, give Clemson a run. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they should be better than yeah. last year. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're quite there yet. Yeah, we'll see how the defense comes together. That's a kind of TBD. And, you know, they didn't look – I mean, they didn't look like world beaters in their first game, but I think that that was fine. A lot of coachable moments in that game, obviously. But, yeah, Howell's really good. I just want to know how Florida State fans feel seeing all these guys that were committed to Florida State go go out and ball out elsewhere. Even, like, guys oh, like – Florida State has had like like Bailey Hockman even was a Florida State quarterback. I think he starts for NC State now. I'm like sure those stand-up fans are happy for those young men enjoying success because that's what yeah. that's what amateur athletics is all yeah. about. Sims yeah. at Georgia Tech doing things. Uh, meanwhile, Florida State's out here with with Jeff Driscoll 2.0, just throwing bad ints in the flat. Love it. Love to see it. You uh, love right. to see it. Next, I will also I say. I'll say it, I I didn't think Mac Brown's first year or the offseason following would go this well. So I'll eat crow on that one. Yeah, no, he's it seems like it's been a really good fit and he seems to be doing a good job of embracing the like all oh, shucks, I'm just the football coach and I'm gonna yeah. maybe let my coordinators uh, you know, call plays and coordinate and I get just recruit and, you know, give impassioned speeches, talk about coachable moments and do really uh really nice interviews after the game. He has to be the best post game interview. Right, like he's, kind of. He's really good. Well, yeah, because you I mean, know maybe, those years he spent sitting up, sitting up in the booth and just watching guys fart away yeah. in their post game. He's like, <laughs> oh, I. He's just taking notes for three or four yep. years. Yeah, no he's down. a big. Uh, he likes to use the, the the person's name. Like if Quint Kesnick is asking him questions, he'll be like, well, now listen, Quint. Like he'll like say like well, he'll Quint, use your. We were name. throwing a, a pearl. <laughs> Exactly. Pearl, Alabama, right there. Uh, and then when the fog came off the water, we switched to pumpkin seed, and it really, really did wonders off those gravel points. <laughs> Moving on down the list of teams on the rise, I have uh, Louisville, which you know now we've seen some Louisville. Maybe we, maybe we are, uh, are tempering our expectations a little bit there, but I think they're still a talented team. They're fast. They're spunky. Um, they're just uh, not as maybe. They just look like they got overwhelmed by uh, by Miami's offense, which is alarming, concerning to say not, the least. Not if you know how good Rhett Lashley is, boys. Right. I did see someone point out too that this is not Auburn Rhett Lashley. This is SMU Rhett Lashley that that we're getting here. This is SMU's offense. Offense. This is not uh, not as much uh, kind of like single wing weird veer Gus Malzahn stuff as maybe one would think which so. is why it's working yes <laughs> that's right that's right perennial national championship contenders smu right. all right uh we'll move on to pit uh great defense really good defense on pit if their offense can be you know good and maybe and by good i mean if maybe they could be a little bit more aggressive when they need to be and and maybe more willing to to let their defense work for them I think Pitt could be uh, in that sort of next group of teams. But who knows? They could also lose. They could also be Clemson. I mean, lots, lots, are, to, lots to work with Pitt. They're so capable of all of those things. The Pitt, the Pitt super weapon. Possibly also, shout me. out to Pitt for maybe discovering that like super micro thing that fights COVID. Yeah, it's possible. Yes. Shout out to them. So fingers yep. crossed, T's and P's, that ends up working yeah 
Maybe like soon. Um, nice. I do have Miami on this list. I think that uh, the Portal Boys down there in Coral Gables do. Uh, I mean, they they have some promise. They have some talent. It looks like their offensive line is not quite the disaster it was last year. Jordan, I I tend to agree with you. I'm gonna need to see it for like maybe a couple more weeks here, just to make sure that Miami can win a game. Um, what what's you know, their when, when what are their next them. three? Well, let's look. Let me pull up the football schedule, helmet schedule. Cause okay. Because it's also entirely possible that they just won't have a stern test until week eight. Oh, don't you worry. They go uh, UAB, Louisville, Boston College this week. No, Florida State this week, sorry. That Florida is not State. Boston College. I can't see. Then they're off, and then they get Clemson, and then Pitt and Virginia. That's a that's a tough little run. Okay, yeah, October's not going to be kind to the Hurricanes. Yeah. Well, it'll be I'll tough. say, I mean, yeah, it's going to tell. I mean, they are they should beat FSU if they don't, then right. we know for sure, and that's quick and easy. Um, <laughs> but it's very possible that they go 2-1 and one in October and beat Pitt and UVA. They have Pitt and UVA at home. They go to Clemson. So if they get through that 2-1, and one, then they're 5-1 and one coming out of October, and then they have yeah. – at NC State, at Tech, at Virginia Tech, I mean, uh, home Georgia Tech, at Wake, home UNC. Yeah. Maybe Jason, another two I, losses in there. I agree. They could very well go 2-1 and one in October, and they I would posit they could just as easily go 0-3. Yeah. No, I fully agree with that. Yeah, which is why I think we need to see we need to see a little bit more um, from the Hurricanes yeah, here. I just a little more tape on them. You know, they actually had to open the playbook last week against Louisville. I was pleasantly surprised with what they were able to do. But, you know, let's get a little more tape out there and see what they uh, – what, like, that pit game I think will be interesting. Yeah. I'm interested in the pit game right after the Clemson game. Mm-hmm. If they get beat by 70 by Clemson, how demoralized are they going into play pit? If they look good against Clemson, how are they feeling themselves? And then Pitt's another really good defense. That's a really good test. That will be a good – uh, a good barometer. We'll check in on the canes there. How about we'll that? keep an eye peeled. Put a pin. Put a pin in the, in the canes. Um, and then I just put Georgia Tech on here because I think they're going to be better than the last year, year. <laughs> uh, which they're already on pace. Yes, to be, to yeah, be better. They're dialed in already. Shout out Miles B. But yeah, they have a good. They have a fun quarterback. Um, we say it a lot. I like their coach. Uh, I think he's a good fit for what they want to do. Their defense can be um, improved, and their quarterback can you know avoid massive freshman issues and uh yeah they should they should win they should pick up a couple w's i don't see that being a problem all right fallers let's talk about uva i think i only put them on here jordan because you're losing bryce perkins uh you know one of one of the just flat out best players in the country last year that accounted for yeah. like a preposterous percentage of UVA's total offense too, if I recall correctly. Yeah, um, I mean, you lose... Who was basically lose, bulletproof too. Yeah, you lost Bryce Perkins, you lost Joe Reed, you lost Hasis Dubois, two very important receivers. Um, yes. That's not to say, like, there's nobody <laughs> left in the cupboard after them, but again, kind of in terms of percentage of contribution, yeah. uh, you got some, some shoes to fill there. Uh, yeah, offensive continuity is important with between quarterbacks and receivers. So you're you're getting a whole new batch of both of those. Well, not yeah. a whole new, but a I mostly think, new batch of both of those. I think they, I think the coaching staff is very confident in who replaces those spots. But 
I don't think it's fair to expect things to look the same in terms of scheme and okay. maybe output from certain positions. Um, I think, so what's the what's the rundown on the the starting quarterback? So go ahead and starting those. quarterback Brennan Armstrong, lefty redhead, uh, flipped him. Yes, from, oh. flipped him from PJ Fleck a couple of years ago uh, oh, at Minnesota. Okay. People forget that uh, has has a nice little. Like I've told Logan over the past couple of years, nice little Tebow hitch in his giddy up uh, when <laughs> yeah, he's trying he really to swing does. the thing. Um, bruiser of a runner, so I think you're going to see kind of the the Taysom Hill BYU playbook opened up more so than what they tried to do with Bryce. Um, they've also got a transfer quarterback from Mississippi State, uh, Keaton uh, Thompson. Yeah, uh, who, they who actually like. played for Mississippi State a good amount. Yeah, so and I think they've talked about doing some kind of two QB sets, oh gimmicky as all get up. You know, like yeah. like to keep the enemy on their toes is is what I'm noticing. Um, Tom, uh, Tom Thompson, right? He was a Mullen recruit, I think. Yeah, should have been. Yeah, so uh, I think the offense is going to look different. For sure, they're a little thin at running back. Uh, we've got a transfer waiver for Ronnie Walker that's on its second appeal and uh, would really like to see that come through. The offensive line, again, is probably going to determine just how far this ship goes. Do they finally like take a big offseason step in terms of development, or do they just kind of keep puttering around and, like, gel during the season because it feels like the last couple of years the offensive line has been frustrating as hell through the first yeah. quarter of the year then they start figuring things out and by the end of the year you're like optimistic like okay yeah if they can build on this and then they just don't build on it for whatever reason right that has been disappointing uh that has been a common i've noticed that with offensive line play in college football across the board it seems like, and maybe defensive lines are, are it's easier to play defensive line and you got more studs that are playing defensive end and defensive tackle. Cause that's a high dollar position that's also fair. and stuff too. But I, I feel like in general college football has been, uh, you know, under siege with these, like this bad offensive line play that you just kind of or frustrating, inconsistent offensive line play, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it didn't like it was LSU's offensive line last year. Like they won like the best offensive line and, I think Burrow, like, honestly passed the ball, had the ball out of his hands in, like, less than, on average, like, 1.8 seconds or something. It's like, there's just, like, not even stats you can do about it. There's no no data to say that they had a really good offensive line. Yeah, so, and so maybe yeah. that's that's also where maybe some yeah. of my frustration comes from is, like, if if that's the established trend is that it take a, takes a lines a while to gel each year, yeah. let's, let's adjust our play calling accordingly, please. <laughs> Right. Maybe, well, maybe. And, and you have a quarterback that you kind of allowed to improvise and hold on the ball for a long time, too. So that that can, I mean, shout out to Bryce Perkins, but that can exi- make it look maybe a little worse than it is. That's also true. Uh, yeah, but uh, UVA's defense, uh, if it stays healthy, should be pretty, pretty stinking good. Uh, good. Linebackering core, nasty. D-line, maybe a little thin. Deuce, some opt-outs. Um, secondary again, can it stay healthy? It did not last year is kind of piecemeal there by Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah, I think it, there's kind of like 
from from the outside perspective, yes, they should reasonably take a step back. Um, but I think maybe internally there's not as much of that expectation. Now, what okay. all what all pans out, who's to say? Um, mm-hmm. Also, continuing to do a great job of not getting COVID. Zero positive tests for the football team on the latest round of testing. Just want to throw that out there. Good. Good. Uh, so, Something yeah, for we'll sure. see. I think, um, yeah, I think it. what's really been encouraging is the staff continuity uh, over the last – five years since Bronco took the job only only one assistant has left so far. Um, and that was to go coach D line at USC. So can't, can't really be too upset about that. Which we all know is direct pipeline to becoming LSU's head coach. Correct. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I think at this point it starts to get interesting of like, you know, do some of those guys start looking for other spots or are they content to just keep, rolling with what's going on in Charlottesville. So that's, that's kind of one of the storylines I always stress yeah. out about. Um, well, you got to think that Virginia is going to be looking for a new offensive coordinator at some point in the coming year, years. I mean, we, every year it seems like, I mean, we, we, we half-heartedly run the guy out of town, but we also like, he is old and yeah. I don't think he's going to coach for forever. So yeah. And there were uh, talks, there were serious rumblings that last year was going to be it. Yeah. Um, but I think maybe, maybe beating up on the Hokies and having a good showing against the Gators, maybe put a little lead in his pencil and he's, he's ready to keep <laughs> after it for a couple more There's on the whiteboard, uh, real quick, look at their schedule. So they, we did not play week one or week two because of Virginia, the Virginia tech game got postponed. So we have Duke Clemson, NC state, wake Miami, North Carolina, Louisville. So it's kind of an every other week. It's gonna be. I mean, that's a that's a that's a little little run of games. Gonna to have to win some games there. NC, yeah, you gotta win. You gotta win NC State and Wake Forest, and then you know you gotta be competitive against North Carolina, and Louisville, and and you know Miami too. Why not? Right. Yeah, I think at this point you should expect to go to a bowl game. Uh, you should expect six or seven wins a year, for sure. Um, right. I think that's on the schedule for sure. But uh, again, whether or not that happens remains to be seen for every school given given these unprecedented times what is the offensive coordinator's name again robert and i robert and i has he been the oc with bronco for forever or is he like was he the Taysom hill offensive coordinator so i don't know if he was there for Taysom hill but kind of the like the the weird uh context for their relationship is like he he was the BYUOC for a while. Um, And then there was a a staff shakeup where Bronco basically said, I'm not, I'm not automatically having any of your contracts renewed. You're all going to have to come back in and interview for him and like earn them basically. again." And he was just like, Nope, screw this. I'm leaving. So there's, there are schools of thought that they don't exactly have, the best relationship because of that. Yeah. I don't know how much the truth there is to that, but uh, I mean, obviously they're comfortable enough with each other to, to reunite in Charlottesville. Um, So, I mean, it looks like he was the, from 2000, 2004, he was a Texas tech. O offensive line coach. 
Then he was at BYU from five to ten, and then from uh, during eleven and twelve, he was at Arizona. Then he came back to BYU as the associate yeah. head coach, offensive okay. coordinator, inside wide receivers. I, right. I have to think that after eight years working together, whatever fences needed mending got mended. Yeah. That our Bronco just just talks very calmly and and you know bluntly about their relationship. Just, yeah. just dadded him into coming back. Listen, Robert. I, Robert, you know I hate your guts, but I need you, man. Like, son, son sit down. I'm not mad. You. I'm not mad. Look me in the eye. I'm not angry. Listen, there's a difference between showing you want to score points and actually scoring points. And <laughs> your, your team is is yet is yet to do either. So, um, all right, let's. Keep it moving here on this ACC preview. The la- uh, other fallers, and boy, we've seen this, but Syracuse looks bad. And uh, yeah, I think Georgia Tech is at Syracuse this week, and Georgia Tech's a seven point favorite on the road at Syracuse. Might have to wet so, the beak a little there. Might have to put a couple shekels on the orange there, huh? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to. I don't know what to make of them. Their offense looks really bad. Their defense. I mean, they scored some against point, against Pitt last week. They didn't get blown out of the building. Like that okay. spread was twenty one yeah. and a half, and they certainly covered that. Okay. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I just, I kind of thought we maybe, and maybe we're just holding on to that one like random Friday night game where they beat Clemson like five years ago now, and we're like, oh Clemson yeah. They're on the there it is. They're on the up and up. It's it's uh it's Syracuse and they just certainly have not gotten any better from that point. And even with our guy Eric Dungey back there running around making it happen, you know, they couldn't uh couldn't really get over the hump. So the last team in the in the main fallers that I wanted to talk about is Florida State. Um, you know, we take I, I take personal victory laps at all times on this podcast. I was going to say, we talk about them every week. You just yeah, want to put well, them back on here to talk about them. about the well, no, they, I, I had them on here. I mean, they uh, – new coach, uh, just still weird vibes around that program, and I, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, they don't really – yeah, I, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, their coach is out this week. He is not coaching in the, in the Miami game because he tested positive for COVID, which sucks. And that doesn't even have anything to do with football. That just independently sucks that he yep. got sick. And um, they had another – they've got three players that have gone in the transfer portal in the last couple of weeks, which, yeah, again, is to maybe be expected when you have a new coach come in and, like, see how things shake out, see how playing time shakes out. If you, you know, play a game and you get no, no time and you're not getting along with the coach, I get it. That's what it's there for. So it's not all bad that that stuff happens, but it can also be a result of, um, you know, some mismanagement and things of that nature. But they seem like they've got a long way to go. They still don't. They still don't seem to be very well coached in that they they do the things that a poorly coached team does. And I was not expecting that. I was expecting that aspect of Florida State to get immediately better, and it doesn't appear that it's gotten immediately better. That doesn't mean it cannot get better over the course of this year. It does not mean it will. It will not get better, right? But I think uh, they certainly have been disappointing, especially to their fans um, early on. And you know, Norvell's kind of got a little bit of Justin Justin Fuente and those Memphis guys, right? Um, he's pretty close to the vest. Doesn't you know? Doesn't say a lot. Uh, I heard him give a, just an absolute terrible interview on the Leptard show. Um, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of coach speak. Um, 
And, you know, I just think he's, uh, I think he's just trying to keep things pretty low key right now while they work through implementing their system and stuff like that. But this is, could be another painful year for Florida state football. I don't really think that they're going to make a lot of noise. But who knows? Maybe they beat Miami. Noise. I don't know that it'll be good noise, but well, sure. we'll hear from them. Um, I am curious real quick about their schedule. Miami, Jacksonville State, at Notre Dame, North Carolina, Louisville. Oof. Then Pitt. That's a tough That's a tough little run for them. So I hate to see Maybe it. we need to check in on them after their Pitt game, after the bye week. Um, because, I mean, they should be Jacksonville State. But uh, – Notre Dame, North Carolina, Louisville, those all look like losable games for Florida State at this point. And for so sure. So, uh, okay. I think that's it. You guys got any other teams you really want to talk about in the ACC? North Carolina State, I know that really everyone loves North Carolina State. Perennial, like, six top <laughs> three-round draft picks off of a seven-win team, North Carolina right. State. Perennial champ sports bowl uh spread coverers um yeah i think we're good here so in the acc this year we do have a couple new coaches we mentioned uh scott norvell at florida state but also we have mike sorry mike jeez mike norvell uh we also i believe his name is jeff i'm gonna take a guess here jeff halfley at boston college he was the uh, defensive coordinator at ohio state yeah sounds right so I am not overly enthused by that hire for Boston College, but I mean, go get them. They're they're so stuck in the Big East, man. <laughs> yeah, they That's really. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, they had a Dazio, which is was fine, um, I guess. And then, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't really know what to say about Boston College. They're just kind of like they, they got some uh, Vanderbilt vibes. we'll we'll just kind of see how it goes big vanderbilt vibes i was literally talking to somebody today and we brought up the discussion again of if if the the power five if if all the conferences if the NCAA breaks down all the conferences get reset and they all draft teams again vanderbilt's not in the power five wake forest not in the power five rutgers is not in the power five and for sure boston college is not in the power five i think wake would still still get some Mm -hmm. acc love because of academics. ACC's got plenty of great academic schools and they don't have to care enough about history anymore. And Wake yeah. Wake hasn't won an ACC title in the Big Five in like somebody looked it up as like thirty five years or something. Again, yeah, they played they played like in the, the locusts. Game. They're waiting. <laughs> they're waiting for the window. Yeah. They're just waiting underground and burrowed. <laughs> the cloth fence I mean, is gonna pop out. No, and, and <laughs> uh, even even beyond the like play on the field and that sort of thing. Yeah. It, it's behind the scenes is a mess. I wake, you know. Yeah, time to start shorting my wake stock. Ever Good since, ever yeah. since Jim Grobe left, things have just not gone well there. Nice. He was the rock. He was holding it all together. <laughs> Old Groby. That was when they were playing an ACC championship games, just getting railed by Clemson and like uh, <laughs> random teams too, right? God, man. ACC. Give so me cool. some. Give me some Wake Forest quarterbacks, Logan. There were some names I'm forgetting. Oh, Riley Skinner. Riley Skinner, that's oh, sure Riley. That's yeah. Uh, I always want to say Phil Petty, but he was a South Carolina quarterback. Phil Petty. <laughs> yeah, I think Wake's uh, always going to just be like intertwined with Raycom. For yeah, do you guys that's remember true, yeah. when the brand was strong? Do you guys remember when Greg Paulus transferred to Syracuse to play quarterback? Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
That was crazy. I can't believe that happened. Imagine that happening in 2020. He wasn't horrific. Like, he was fine. No. No, I mean, he was probably good. Um, I mean, he was no Eric Dungey, but... Well, who is? Who um, among us can claim? Yeah, no, that's an interesting that that's an interesting um, activity, Jason. Like, does I mean, obviously Vanderbilt is probably it's one I've engaged in a few times in the last. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting that like like Vanderbilt they're in Nashville, like that should be SEC hotbed, and they just like cannot move the needle at all. Like, is it is it Vanderbilt's fault? I guess it has to be just like their investor's fault, right? Uh, and I'll say this as somebody, I, I don't have a ton of experience with Vanderbilt. I Most of what I have is hearsay. I haven't oh, dealt with them I directly. I don't really care what your sources are, Jason. Just say it. That's fair. Um, it's, it's a little bit like Vanderbilt is a very proud academic institution and respect on that. I get it. And so they don't even want the like, like they're mostly uncomfortable being in the SEC just in general because of the big investment in sports and they, they want to continue being the institution they are. So oh, everything right they do is John Castine's alley right there. Yeah. Jeez. That yeah. sounds familiar. <laughs> everything they do. Is, and um, like literally in the last six months, <coughs> they were a little inside baseball, but like they disbanded their athletics communications department. Huh. Um, and like brought everybody in and fired them and told them, we're folding this department and they're reestablishing it underneath university communications. And totally normal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Super normal in that it is one of 300, one, the only one of 351 schools that I know of that does that. Yeah, um, that's what we call it. And so it's, yeah, it, it's, and they didn't really, they were really like shady about how they did it. And they were really shady about like what that's going to mean. And so, um, yeah, Vanderbilt. It, it, it's that's weird. They they are they are self hamstrung more than anything hmm. through like not Baseball unreasonable reasons. Really good. Baseball program is incredible. Yeah, very much a power. It's the intellectuals game. I've often said this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get to spend some time around some college baseball players. You'll yeah, it's definitely yeah. an actual game. <laughs> Just packing hammers and doing a lot of uh, drum twists <laughs> with the uh, PVC pipe and a lot of bands. <laughs> A lot of the band thing. They do the a band. lot of band. It's a band. Yeah. A good, a good couple rounds of fungo golf every single yeah. game. It's great. It's like one set of Smith Machine back squat with some twenty fives on there. Just, <laughs> just, just, just get it loose, get it moving. All right, let's talk hot seat watch real quick while we wrap this up um, in the ACC. I have the Big Four hot seat of Fuente, Doran, Diaz, and Babers. Um, I don't think – I think Diaz might be off the hot seat, at least for now. Um, that was a really weird way of reciting those names. I just want to point that out. I want to make sure we Doran, Diaz, favorite. Yeah, Justin. <laughs> Thorman, Inter. <laughs> just last names. You fill in what school they go to. That was the, uh, I had to do a double check on Doran for a bit there. What was that Comedy Central show that had a celebrity, celebrity death match where it was like the claymation stuff? That's oh, what it yeah. felt like. Okay. Um, I mean, it's, I really I, got I hung think, up on his name. Sorry, let's we'll get send to it you. to the video department. Have them crank something yeah, out yeah, for yeah, the yeah, yeah, 
I think Diaz goes down to the bottom of the list. I don't think he's completely off if Miami goes on a skid here and like all of a sudden he's doing that deer in the headlights thing that he was right, doing so, last year. So let's do an exercise. Let's let's each rank them okay. from coolest to warmest. Okay. How how we see it shaking out. I think that Fuente is on the warmest seat at this moment. Okay. Oh wow. Just given given the weird vibes. I'm counting weird vibes and like I think he's he's not. Uh, I think he's also gonna forever be the dude who came after Frank Beamer. So things were so much better when Beamer was here. Like things were much smoother. Smoother. He just seems a little prickly. Also, doesn't have a whole lot of like on-field success to lean on at this point either. Sure, so that, I, I agree a, with all that. That's my that's my take. What do you think? Yeah, I I would go from coolest to warmest. I would go. Diaz, Doran, yeah. Babers, Fuente. Agreed. I put Doran on there. Doran publicly flirts with a lot of jobs. I don't really know what he's done to dis- he's like. Got the I mean, bag. Remember, he almost he almost got the Tennessee job a couple years ago. Yeah. Like they've not really been that good. Um, well, yeah, that was the off season. He went from that was the... dangerously close to being fired yeah. to re-upping the contract because Tennessee yeah. flirted with him. Yeah, yeah, that, that so was the Tennessee coaching search that, for podcast. The Tennessee coaching search that went like full <laughs> old boy backstab in politics. Oh. It was great. Yeah, they hired Mike Leach. Tennessee yeah. could have had Mike Leach for what a hot minute. Time. Uh, yeah. um, former coolest, the hottest for me. That's a tough question. Uh, I, I think Diaz is the coolest. I agree with that. Um, I think probably Babers is next, unless this year is just a catastrophe. That's fair. Uh, flip flop two and three, and then yeah, I'd probably. I think Doran's probably relatively safe, so I'd probably go Doran Fuente. I think you talked me into Fuente. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I just got the sense that while Fuente and Baylor were doing their little hard eyes emojis at each other for like a week, <laughs> yeah. And, it it felt like nobody in Blacksburg wanted Fuente back. Like they I w- hoped, yes. like please take the job, please take the job, please. Take and the even job. Yeah. like some people who are fans that we know don't seem to be overly enamored with him. And like I said, that, I think that's also because on the on field success really hasn't been there. I mean, like they've been fine, but they were mostly it was fine there for, earlier on. But like you said, that was kind of working with Frank's tools. And then now that he's got all his guys in, it is trended in the wrong direction. They have weird, like personnel issues every year with guys leaving the program and quitting and suspensions and stuff. It just, you know, I mean, and these are things that happen at a lot of programs that have varying degrees of success and failure. But these were, it would appear these were things that like Virginia tech didn't deal with on a year to year basis a lot at least during the, you know, the golden era of uh, Frank Beamer. Not to say that, you know. Yeah, they they're not new to college football programs, but they are kind of new to Virginia Tech, given sure. what they've experienced. And so it's fun to watch them wrangle with new feelings and emotions. Yeah, because, I mean, listen, like, I, you know where I stand on Virginia Tech, but, like, it has been very impressive how consistent they have been throughout, like, my college football fandom mm-hmm. of being good, a, you would say, an exemplary program, given some sort of natural uh, restrictions on maybe like recruiting footprint and things like that. Like that, that's just, that's just is what it is that that's why they've been good. And now they're, you know, they're dealing with some, uh, 
some some different things and it's been interesting to see so uh all right well we'll keep an eye on that i mean i think it it, it could get really really hot for fuente if um if things don't go well what's their they already missed the uva game they got nc state duke north carolina boston college wake so you know that's a pretty pretty good front half of the season but feels like you should come out of that three and two pretty comfortable yeah but you go Louisville, Liberty, which doesn't matter. Then Miami, Pitt, Clemson, and Virginia on the back half of that schedule. Yeah, the Virginia game is now December twelfth. Okay, so that's it. I mean that, that that's a tough back end of the schedule, and you've got a weighty game at the end there uh, with you know at the end of your season, which could be important with uh, given that Virginia won the game last year, so. Um, I also know that we, we got to like think about all this in the context of the COVID season as well, mm-hmm. uh, whether maybe teams aren't going to be as willing to maybe be as aggressive with uh, firing a coach or moving on. Um, I don't even want to like pretend to know which direction Virginia Tech would go, but um, it, that's an interesting. It's a really interesting job. Like who? Shane Beamer. The beam. The Beam Squad. <laughs> Uh, there's always some um, Todd Grantham ties. <laughs> Enjoy that. Head coach Todd who, Grantham. Who was uh, the name they kept floating while Well, I, I've heard in. that that who's the ODU coach? I've I've heard that there's like, you know, he ha- I think has some uh, connections Penn State, right? Something in Hamilton or something. Am I completely wrong there? I don't know. But like I think that he and oh, Ricky Ricky Rain. Yeah. Oh no 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 no! That maybe that was when ODU was maybe going to hire Frank. Uh, uh, was maybe going to hire Shane Beamer. Yeah, that was like you know, let's get him some some head coaching experience in the Commonwealth, and then I'll have to go through our texts from that time period. But there all was, the hogs home. There was somebody that Virginia Tech was was dead. The message boards, of course, they were <laughs> swear to God certain that if Fuente yeah. took the Baylor job, they were going to land this way like the, the next bag. day. They were like pretty sure of it, yeah. I really wish I remembered. Was he from was like another Division One program, like a one A program? It was like a, it was a, yeah, it was a big name. Oh, okay. yeah, it was. A, it was like, <laughs> this was this was insane talk because it was like, yeah, okay, man, not like, yeah, it's like I remember Mark, this. Mark Richt is having a sub in Charlottesville right now. We saw Mark Richt at the Seven Eleven on Ivy. <laughs> yeah, because oh man. I All wish right, I could. Well, I'm gonna try I love this. a good. I love a good outlandish uh, coaching rumor. It's my favorite. One of my favorite things. It's like I hear NC State's closing in on Saban, Paul. Like I think they're. I think they're gonna do it. Like he's he's from. He's got property outside of Raleigh. Like, okay. Um, plausible. It's not implausible. Like I don't think you know what that means. All right. So championship game picks. Who who's your top two? Who's your champ? Jason. Yeah, I mean, I further, but I, I can't pick against Clemson um, to yeah. win the title. I think they're going to beat Miami. Yeah, I'll agree. With, I agree with you. I think I'll take Clemson Miami too. I like. I kind of like what I've seen from Miami so far. I think their defense will travel, and as long as they can stay healthy on, um, relatively healthy on offense and at running back, I think they're going to be hard to beat. I'm you going uh, Clemson over Notre Dame. I feel Give that. Give me the chalk. Fair, fair. All right. Now, we got a week of games ahead. We're going to do some picks here. Before we get to picks, there's four, uh, you know, four, four games you guys might be interested in. 
noon o'clock hour, we got Florida at Ole Miss. I am wearing my All Aboard the Lane Train shirt. I don't know if you guys can see. Whoa. Uh, but uh, look at that. So, former FAU uh, coaching legend Lane Kiffin uh, in his first game. Uh, Ole Miss is wearing some snazzy unis for this game. Florida's a 14-point favorite on the road. Are, is Ole Miss going powder blues? They have, like, improved powder blues. It's oh. not quite powder. It's, like, ice blue is what they're calling it. They, they look good. They look really good. I think Florida's wearing white. Oh, uh, Should we talk about uh, Air Force's uniform this week? How they ended the best uniform contest oh, yeah. this year? Um, yeah, I saw those look pretty cool. That's dynamite input. Yeah, preach on it. Preach on it, Jason. Yeah, man, you were you were the you were the main Everyone hype squad. Oh, right. yeah, I, I did size on Twitter. They they they're they're dedicated to Tuskegee Airmen. Look awesome as hell. They got all these little references in it, and they're just super clean. And it's really hard to do. A lot of times when teams like cram references onto their jerseys and stuff, it like gets bonkers busy and looks like trash. But like, I mean, it, it helps that like the Tuskegee Airmen just had a super clean color combination. But their uniforms look really really good. Gotcha. Yeah, is uh is Army Air F- are all the service academies under Armour schools? Ooh, that's a good question. Sure about I that. I I feel like at least one or two of them are. And they it's it's so flabbergasting to me how they get those alternates so clean and correct, and then they just make a mockery out of like. Maryland's base jerseys. I uh, I just googled Army uniform provider as if that was gonna be helpful. Turns out it didn't have anything to do with football. U.S. Army could have guessed. Provide their own unis. Uh, uh, looks like Army is Nike. Nice. Nike. Uh, all right. So we got Florida Ole Miss. That's at noon. Eleven brunch kickoff in Oxford, Mississippi. Uh, I, I'm, in, I'm interested to see how this goes. I, I think Florida is clearly the better team here. Um, I think old Matt Corral might actually be getting the start for Ole Miss at quarterback. He was supposedly ahead in the in the com- in the competition, but I think John Reese Plumley will play. He's fast. I think we'll have some gadgety type stuff to do with him. But uh, I think ultimately Florida's defense is going to be really good this year and should be able to hold Ole Miss down all if the offense takes a little bit to get going. So, 14 points is a pretty big road. Uh, spread though so hmm. this has like uh 24 to you know 16 kind of like disgusting game written all over it but we'll see just gotta win the day brother you're right about that the next up we got duke at virginia jordan how you feeling virginia five point favorite at home uh yeah and the the line opened at like nine and a half what Uh, so a lot of money came in on duke early since then, Duke, I believe, has lost two starting defensive backs. Oh. Uh, not not sure how much that hurts you against a Taysom Hill type offense uh, with no, the guy who right. throws like Tebow. But um, you mean the best college quarterback we've ever seen? Right, three exciseman <laughs> Brennan Armstrong. Here we go. <laughs> um, yeah, I I feel like weirdly calm, confident about it. I don't think Broncos lost to Duke since he got hired. Didn't uh, Virginia beat the living crap out of Duke last year? Yeah. 
probably. I think that was one of those games that they won, like, they were, they just unloaded. Yeah, it's like Broncos always had Duke's number since he's gotten to Virginia. Like, the first year huh. when he, when UVA went 2-10, and 10, one yeah. of those wins was against Duke. <laughs> Duke, like, UVA was by far the defense that Daniel Jones had the most difficulties and nightmares with before he got drafted where he did. Um, so I think part of it is like, I'm confident in what UVA should be able to do, but I'm also just kind of not as invested given this, the strange way things have transpired to this point. So little column, a little column B. Okay. West Virginia at Oklahoma state is a game. Uh, I think this could be fun. Could get a little pointsy. You never know. Um, Oklahoma State, is their running back still hurt? He got hurt last week, I think. Couldn't tell you. Okay, well. Chuba? Yeah, I think he got hurt last week. They might have. Chuba. Anyhow, that, that could be a fun game. Neil Brown and them boys uh, heading to Stillwater. And then we have Georgia Tech at Syracuse. And if you really hate yourself, you can watch Georgia Tech at Syracuse. Um, I just put that on there because – I, I saw that Georgia Tech was like favorite on the road, which seems crazy, but sign of the times. So let's get to picks, Jordan. All right, let's pick some games uh, for this week. Again, five games against the spread. We've got two nooners, a 330, two 730s. Where are these uh, lines coming from? These are coming from the app. Uh, I will not, I'll bleep that out since they're not giving us any. Okay. <laughs> any beak wetting material or they haven't you know n- when they want to sponsor the the corporate retreat to vegas we'll we'll start giving them some shine but until yeah. then Perfect. y'all y'all can get the tone um all right nooner number one jason crick you are leading us off in the sec kentucky at auburn auburn is favored by seven and a half at both home. of these teams are ranked i believe yes this yeah. is a ranked on ranked yeah, I, that line doesn't quite – thanks. Uh, that line doesn't quite seem high enough. I'm going to take Auburn. Um, uh, I think first game, it's probably going to be ugly. I think talent will take over. I think Auburn's got more talent. Um, yeah. I like the Kentucky as a senior quarterback, but uh, I think Bo Nix can take a step forward um, as a sophomore. So give me the Tigers. Yeah, I'm also going to take Auburn here. Uh, Jason, even though Kentucky does have a senior quarterback, uh, he's not the guy who started last year. Uh, this will be the first game, first go-round without Lynn Bowden, Bowden uh, who was all sorts of spectacular at the end of last season. Uh, played very well in their ball game, some people forget. Um <laughs> And yeah, I like did he, Auburn. Did he, punch, did he punch a dude's headphones off his head before the game? <laughs> I think I think he may have. He allegedly he, did. He did. Uh, go, go, cats for that bowl game. Um, yeah, we were we were down in uh, Florida, yeah. watching that game in the back of the the <laughs> Forerunner, I think, or the the truck. That's that's next to not important though. Um, <laughs> I, all this to say I'm going Auburn, Bo Nix, I'm counting on you, buddy. And like Jason said, talent overall, hashtag talent. 
Yeah. Um, I'm going to go. We're in favor of talent, and we're not afraid to say it. That's yeah, a hot take. I, listen, talent is probably there on Auburn's side, but Kentucky is uh, is going to be really good on the defensive line and on the offensive line. Uh, their quarterback is back from injury, Terry Wilson, and also yet to be cleared yet, uh, but they have Joey Gatewood, former Auburn backup quarterback from last year, I think in their two deep at quarterback, which could give them maybe some schematic uh, sch- schematic advantages. Who knows what kind of advantage, but he's big and, and could be really good too. But um, yeah, I think Wait, are Kentucky you implying that he might share the playbook with, with the enemy or yes. Okay. I'm implying that is probably how it always goes. Uh, and I think that um, not that that's going to be the difference in the game, but I just think Kentucky's a, a t- the spread. Kentucky is a tough out at this point. Seven and a half feels like, uh, like you know, I'm going to miss this by a point one way or the other. But it is. Uh, it does feel like a bigger number because it's at noon too. Yeah, yeah. I just you know I could see an uninspired Auburn performance at noon. You know, coming out first game of the year, a little weird. You're playing a team in Kentucky that has like a weird running quarterback kind of does sort of a lot of the same things you do to muddy games up on offense and, you know, has a really good defensive line. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's not like Kentucky has been uh, like, just, they are not your grandmother's super under talented Kentucky team either. They've been recruiting pretty well by their standards. Sure. Give me Kentucky. Give me Kentucky. I can't wait to be wrong. All right. Uh, Next we go to the ACC. uh, Oh, in good old Pennsylvania, we've got Louisville at Pittsburgh, our second nooner of the day. Pitt is favored by three. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I was looking at telling you guys. It's not good. I'm going to take Louisville here. I like – I mean, I there's a lot of not to like, obviously, which is why <laughs> – <laughs> Which is Listen, why there's I'm, a ton of negatives. I'm I get it. my way into this parking spot yeah. to say, I think Louisville's offense is fast enough to negate some pit defense things. My concern is, <laughs> yeah, I don't think yeah the yeah, ghost of Brian Van Gorder that haunts right. the other side of the ball for the Cardinals. So. Yeah. I'm really just flipping a coin here and and feeling a little spicy with a road dog. That seems wildly reasonable. That really does. Um, the last part, not the early ramblings. That was weird. Well, you uh, got to give the people what they want, Jason. I'm with you, Jordan, <laughs> on it being, you know, we have some, we certainly have some questions about Louisville's defense. I just don't know, is Pitt's offense the kind of offense that it's just going to that really can take, take advantage of that stuff. Take advantage of like maybe some alignment issues or see logan gets know, where i'm coming from yeah do they have the kind of play calling pizzazz and cojones that you need to, to cover a three-point louisville's spread. defense might be so bad that it's actually good right. against pittsburgh <laughs> that's true i think pitt has had a couple kicks blocked this year too which also calls a lot of the line into into question but uh i'll take pitt at home. All that to say, you will take Pitt. All that to say, I, I mean, I think Pitt's defense is is really good. That should slow down Louisville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Pitt for the same reasons. I I, I can't trust Louisville that much yet, especially on the road. Um, and you know, Pitt. This game has the potential to get super weird, and that plays right into Pitt's hands. 
So yeah, love it. Okay. All right. Uh, for a three thirty bonanza, we respect the troops and are picking Army at Cincinnati. The Bearcats are favored by thirteen and a half. Logan, this is another ranked on ranked game, isn't it? I think it, it is. Might yeah. Be. Again, fourteen on twenty-two troops. Fourteen and a half or thirteen and a half. One three point five. Oh, all right. Well, then I'll take Cincinnati. Begrudgingly, <laughs> not super excited about this. Um, Army could also hold on to the ball for like a quarter at a time, um, which is not good for covering. They've often done this. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think uh, Cincinnati's. I think should be pretty good though. So let's let's go ahead and go with Cincinnati. I see. I'm I'm not sold on Cincinnati. Um, I think they have, like, have they played really, yet this year. Yeah, they they beat Austin P fifty five to twenty. Oh, oh, whooped up oh, on delicious. Austin. P. Made Austin yeah, P soup out of him. Hey, he's. Uh, I'm not sold on him yet. Um, I, I it cannot be fun preparing to play Army. Um, and Cincinnati only has one week to do it. Army has two weeks to prep for Cincy. Um, they're coming off a bye. So I don't know if they win, but I definitely know they take the air out of the damn ball enough to keep it within two touchdowns. So give me the troops. Uh, do we know? So Army to this point has kind of had some weird scheduling, like surprises, uh, they were supposed to play BYU, and that game got postponed. Right. And then right. they kind of went on Twitter and were like, who wants a game slide into the DMs? Yeah. Was this? To the, to, at Army. Hello. <laughs> at the Army. I, Sup, it is I. It's something. We are the dudes. We are ready. Oh. I, DM me at Coach Signetti, and we, we will, we will, it will go down. It will go down for real. Um, so is this Cincinnati game like a spur of the moment scheduling or has it been in the works for a while? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm going to see if I can find that out in the time it takes you to talk yourself. that might impact my pick. I'm, I'm definitely yeah. not stalling here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'd be really nice if Bill C would post the SP plus projections with like the win probabilities like he used to. It does look like this quick ad on august 26th they announced army and cincinnati have scheduled a home and home football season for the 2020 season and the august 2031 season. okay august 26th is it's not like last tuesday they no. yeah in 2031 uh cincinnati heads to west point <laughs> so god can't wait all right i'm gonna go cincinnati here I like the home team uh if they've known since august that this game was coming. I mean, yeah. you can work some of that into your, your game week prep uh, for a period of practice or two. I ain't scared, but I do respect the troops at the same time. I had no idea I was the only Patriot on the podcast. Who would have thought? That's true. Did you guys know that LSU is getting one first place vote in the AP poll and does, in the coaches poll? Does Ed Orgeron have a vote in, in the AP poll as well? <laughs> Um, well, that's a good question. AP poll is public, right? Or is that only for basketball? I don't know. I mean, you can see voters in the AP poll. All right. Well, anyhow, uh, we moved to the 730 time slot. 
we start in the uh, Logan White House State of the Union. We've got Florida State traveling to Miami, where it's all about the U. Miami is favored by 11. Jason, you get to start. There's, there's just no way Florida State keeps this with an 11. Like, they're, they're, really, they're really bad football team. They're super bad. I, and I, they had a week off last week. I, I, I usually, like, wait the bye week a little bit, but no. I, Miami. They got, a lot, they got a lot done in that week off. Right. <laughs> like, stuff. Under a different see. head coach and yeah. all this. It, it's, they're, not, they're, not, they're, not, they're not good at football. They do uh, so not inspire a lot of confidence. That's much. So, yeah, I'm also going to go Miami. Uh, my only concern is if these kids really do love Norvell, maybe it's a win-one for the Gipper situation. He can't be with his boys. Maybe they put a little extra extra catch-up into it and uh, at least cover for the big dog. But that's right. Do you think that's going to happen? All three points they scored in the second I, half against if I had to bet, which is what yeah. we're kind of hypotheticalizing here. Then no, I don't <laughs> think that's what's going to happen. But it does concern me. I understand that. I'm going to take Miami as well. Uh, they should run away and hide. Their defensive line is going to be so overwhelming against Florida State's offensive line that even if Miami doesn't score, they might just cover based on like field goals and and re- re- like scooping scores and stuff. I, I just. I um, don't have a lot of faith in Florida State's offense right now. You know, maybe they can spring a guy open and and uh, Blackman could can hit some guys deep. But this might be the end of the road for James Blackman too. Like he he is, you know, I feel bad for the guy because he's yeah. gotten a raw deal out of coordinators and coaches, and I think he's probably more talented than the coaching that he's received to you know shape him into. But he looks like he's gotten no better since he's come on campus and uh yeah i think he's in for a long day against a pretty good miami defense yep all right our final match of the day will be back to the sec where we've got the vols Uh going into columbia south carolina to take on the cox uh the vols are favored by three and a half points on the road and i'm gonna believe in them give me tennessee you don't believe that you don't believe that Mike Bobo can really get it rolling for Will Muschamp and boys. Not I, I do again have trouble receiving confidence in in those situations. Um, yeah, I just feel like this this is kind of Tennessee's window to be a program, a hot program on the rise, and to win a season opener on the road, and to make a splash doing it. Down in East. Yeah, so let let them have their cake week one. Cover three and a half points for me, and then I'll be done with you. It'll be a great, great little wham bam. Thank you, ma'am. I think um, South Carolina is going to be starting a transfer from Colorado State, a quarterback who came with Bobo. Package deal. This changes everything. Familiarity with the coordinator. He was the. I think he was the young man whose whose uh, picture I sent you guys. It looked like a mixture of Gardner Minshew and. um, and uh, join the quarterback. The, like hair straightened out. Yeah. Yeah. You refer to him as a <laughs> some bullet slant throwing, you know, something. Anyhow. Um, oh, Billy Ray Cyrus. Yes. Billy Ray Cyrus. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think it was yes. an apt comparison. Yes, you're muted. I don't know if you're talking to us, but maybe. Hard to say. 
<laughs> okay, I'm going to take Tennessee as well. I just think they're more likely to piece it together enough to win this game. But South Carolina, you know, an inspired Will Muschamp coaching performance. They could always muddy it up. You said that, what was this, three and a half? Yes. Oh, this has, this has three-point game written all over it. But let's uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and go Tennessee for now. If it were, if it were like South Carolina plus seven and a half, it'd be super tempting. Um, <laughs> but, no, I, yeah, I, first game for everybody, I, I'm usually going to pick talent, and Tennessee's got more talent. Hashtag talent. And, Don't you forget. Date. All right, cool. So there we have it. We've we're back in the swing of things here. Uh, should be a fun weekend. You guys gonna watch games? I think so. Uh, I got got another pack saddle scramble coming up on Saturday, so I'll be doing that till about wow. till about three thirty ish, and then roll right into s- some cold beers in the UVA game. Perfect. It's gonna be a Saturday. I'll be fishing on Saturday for most of the day, but I'll probably be about the same right. time in on uh rolling in on some games so hopefully the gators have taken care of business and i don't show up to a you know seven overtime slog fest with john reese plumley running like the wishbone or something <laughs> crazy but you know weirder things have happened kiffin over there just giggling to himself on the sideline husky kiffin is he looking husky these days he looks a little looking a little ben roethlisberger someone so he did a he he did a spot on pmt recently and I think someone posted a screen grab from that Zoom call or something and basically said, how the hell does Lane Kiffin look like Andy Richter now? Right. It was, it was tough scene, but uh, Oof. he's still getting paid. To... Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Jason, for you going to sure. be watching games on the lake from your inflatable donut or what's the deal? If, if at all possible, but I don't know. I don't know what our cable or internet situation is at the at the cabin. Sure. It's always a always a question mark. Sure. The weather doesn't look great though, so it's going to be a lot of sitting on the porch drinking cold beers, regardless. So okay. could be worse. We'll see. Maybe wet in the beak a little, little sprinkling a little bit of action here and there. Yeah. Through all right. Proxy, cool. Of course. Well, be safe, Jason. Don't uh, don't eat the yellow snow, Jordan. Likewise. Uh, and we'll go ahead and wrap it up for tonight. Thanks for joining us. The Wheel Route. We are on the internet at thewheelroute.com, and you can send us emails, wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. Easy for me to say. Love you guys. Go Gators. Go Hoos. Go Dukes. Go Dukes.